We uh, will share in two readings this morning. The first is from the Gospel of John, uh, because when we've had a chance to choose texts throughout Advent and into Christmas, we've tried to think about the light, the, the light of Christ, the light that we're looking towards, the light that we're following, the light that we want to keep in our life, in our lives. And so this passage, these verses are theologically sort of rich with the imagery and the the idea of the light. So first we hear from the Gospel of John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life. And the life was the light of all people. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And then from the second chapter of Luke, um, we read verses 22 through 40. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it was written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what was stated by the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit rested upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And so guided by the Spirit, Simeon came up to the temple, and when his parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised him, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel and is to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will peace your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after marriage and then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that that moment, she, she came and began to praise God, to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When Mary and Joseph had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong and filled with wisdom, 
and the favor of God was upon him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I love uh, Christmas Day. I think we all do love Christmas Day. And it's usually a day full of family and fun and presents. And this year, every few years, it's, it, it has worship on it. And even though it means writing a sermon or two sermons over a weekend, I assure you, I'm okay with it. I like Christmas Day still. But, but one of the things that we see in Christmas Day is that there is, uh, more, maybe more than any other holiday, a push and a pull, a, a tug of war that happens. Because as I talked about down here with the kids, there is like kind of two things going on on Christmas. There's a, a cultural Christmas that's also tied up with this religious, faithful, spiritual Christmas that we all want to have. Other holidays are more, more focused. Like Valentine's Day is just about love. Labor Day, Memorial Day, those are the bookends of, of summer. Like first trip to the beach, last gasp of summer. The 4th of July is fun, friend, funs, family, barbecue, go to the lake if you can. And Thanksgiving, maybe about two things, but those two things would be um, family and turkey and football. And so maybe that's three. But, but Christmas has this uh, abrupt push and pull of, of grand travel, of, of, of cultural expectations, of, of family gatherings. And then we're also supposed to deeply attend to our spiritual lives as well, aren't we? It's funny to see Santa next to a manger scene, but, but it does in some way remind us uh, that this is what's going on. And though we might be tempted to think of Santa and a manger scene as two sides to the same coin, it's probably better for us to remember that those are just two completely different coins altogether. And then it's maybe helpful for us to remember this, that culturally, as Christmas, the Christmas season is kind of ending today. Spiritually, the Christmas season is just beginning. The 12 days of Christmas, much to the dismay of us as children, begin on Christmas Day, and they don't begin on December 13th when you really want to start opening your presents. And so spiritually, we are in the Christmas season. We should tell one another Merry Christmas for two more weeks. And spiritually, maybe we can pause for a moment and somehow figure out how to embrace the presence of God coming as a child. Let the child's noises, the children's noises today, remind us that Jesus came as a child, came to be with us, came to live among us, Maybe we can recognize the profound simplicity of God being with us and realizing that the candle is lit, the light has come. And today, uh, begin to experience the light and light and love of God, not just for this time, not just for this season until we put away the decorations, but for all days. Maybe today we can start anew and welcome the light, allow the light to be born in us again and to abide with us so that we can keep the light of Christ for all the days that are to come. 
As I said when I introduced those passages, John 1 is a a theological passage that reminds us that Jesus was there at the beginning and Jesus is the light of the world for all time. This is what God has been doing for all of the time that God has been doing anything. But I like to think about Simeon and Anna right right after Jesus was born. I love Luke 2 and I love Simeon standing there being led by the Spirit, coming up to the temple, and then seeing this baby and and realizing this is the one that God promised. He pretty much just says, Master, your servant can depart in peace now, for I have seen the glory of the Lord. I've seen Jesus. I know your love firsthand. I've experienced now love incarnate. I've seen that this is all going to work out. So, whenever you're ready, you can take me home. That's not literally what the passage says, but spiritually, that's what Simeon is getting at. And I love the conviction and the belief and the power uh, that, that he and Anna has the same spirit as well. And the key to to understanding them is what they knew about keeping the light of God's love was that they had to prepare for it in order to see it. The way that they kept the light of the Lord was to get ready for it. They knew and they believed that God would come and reveal Himself to them. So they did everything they could to embrace the light and love of God and to keep it alive. So that when the light came, they saw it and they knew it. They had known the love of God without seeing it. And then when they saw it, it became all the more real and powerful to them. So for Simeon and Anna, keeping the light meant preparing for it to come. And for you and I, that that is true. We need to prepare for God to come into our lives. But maybe today we realize that it's not just about preparing for us for Christ is here, let us embrace Him. Today, we think about protecting and nurturing and keeping that light in us. In the Scripture, if we think about other folks who sought and kept the light of the Lord, like next week we'll talk about Epiphany, you see the great lengths that the Magi go to in order to embrace and keep the light. They saw a star, they traveled from very far, they offered their best gifts for a king to a king. And then they found and kept God's love, going home by a different way and rejoicing all along the way. For Jesus' parents, keeping the light meant something uh, quite different, especially if you look over to Matthew chapter 2. For them, it meant paying attention to what was going on, and under threats from King Herod, who was doing all kinds of things that were silly and delusional, keeping the light alive for them practically meant going to Egypt for a little while. Joseph goes to great lengths to keep the light alive in his life. And so there is a question that we can ask ourselves, seeing what Simeon and Anna did to prepare, seeing what the Magi did to arrive, seeing what Joseph and Mary had to do to keep the light alive. What do we need to do to keep the light alive in our hearts and lives? 
What do we need to do? As I mentioned earlier, there is a strain at Christmas because of the spiritual spiritual realm mixed with that cultural dynamic of presence and expectation. And I love the cultural Christmas. I love the lights and the presents. I love making an extra lap around town just to drive through all the pretty light white lights and see who put their lights up. I love chasing down presents. I've gone to great lengths this year to find what it was I wanted to get for Natalie. But it's important to remember, or to do all those things outside of the church, but also remember what's going on in here, that Christ is born to us, and when we see it and when we fully realize it, we can't help, I hope, but to do everything within our power to keep that light alive within us. So culturally, let Christmas wane and move on, but spiritually, Ask yourself, work within yourself, work with God. How do I embrace this light and keep it going even after the decorations are gone, the new year has come, and the freshness of spiritual feelings fade away? Our task today is to celebrate the light long enough to remember that we need Christ's light and love, to remember that the world needs God's light, And to remember that everything can be more meaningful and more whole when we keep God's light in front of us. But this is hard, too, because even as I'm delivering this sermon and I'm thinking about all that we've been through, it's been quite a week. Can you imagine, like, think about it, that just seven days ago we were here doing lessons and carols. As I said to Cindy, it seems like a month ago. And a month ago was Hanging of the Greens, and it seems like that was three months ago. And every moment this week in my life has been filled with just getting through one and getting to the next. And I don't say that to garner sympathy. Rather, I say that because I bet you know exactly how I feel. Life just keeps rolling on and at us. And so as we kind of come to a close today um, and share a prayer for what it might mean to keep the light Even though we're going to put Christmas songs away, let's look back to one more Christmas song one more time. Tonight, today I'm thinking about a little town of Bethlehem. We sang it last night, it's hymn number 86, but the last verse of that hymn has, I think, a couple of the right words for thinking about keeping the light. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Born and abide. Those are the two words that might help us keep the light and keep it well. We've seen that Christ is born. We pray that Christ will abide in us. This is our prayer. This is how we might best keep the light. So I pray today that this song and this spirit and this sentiment through all that we will do, all the ball games that we'll watch, all the celebrations that we'll have, even all the after Christmas sales we might strike a deal with, 
amidst and through all of that, we might keep the light, I pray, because we've allowed Christ to be born in us and we help Christ to abide in us and God abides in us well. I hope and pray that this is our prayer for each day. Pray that God will guide us every day and that we might, for all of our days ahead, keep the light of the baby Jesus' love in our hearts and in our lives. Today is a day when we can embrace the light and we can keep it. And may God help us to do so now and each day ahead. Shall we pray? Loving God, help us to sense and to receive and to keep your light today. Lord, we are thankful that you've come to us. We're thankful that you come to us in so many ways and on so many days, but we are thankful especially that you come today and bring the light of your love to us in the simplest of ways as a child. Help us to help help us to have you born into our hearts today and abide with us each day along the way. This, O oh Lord, we pray today and each day ahead. Amen.